0: While I adjust my headset, if you are following along, we're going to be taking a look at Acts chapter 3 today. Acts chapter 3, uh, starting with verse 1. If you want to pull that out in your Bible or if you want to look it up, we're going to take a look at Acts chapter 3. God's grace, God's mercy, and God's peace be to you, my brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord and risen Savior, Jesus Christ. Well today's a different day than last Sunday, isn't it? The sun's out, it's hot, and uh when I'm done with my hour-long sermon, <laughs> we'll see how far we go. But uh I know that God has given us clear and blue skies last week it was nice and uh cool. And so thank you all for being here. Just a couple updates before we get into the message. Uh, Bob Franz has received his freedom from earthly life and has entered eternal life. And so uh, family and I will be planning a service uh, this week. We'll get the the word out. It is going to be a very small service, uh, just primarily for family members. And then we will stream the video out uh, and have that available for those who would like to watch that. Uh, as well and celebrate Bob's life. Well, Acts chapter 3, let's get right into it, shall we? Acts chapter 3, and I'm going to be stopping a number of different times uh, as we walk through this just to see not only the historical application or the historical understanding, but also the practical application for what it means to us today. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now, I want to just stop and say in some Bibles it might say the ninth hour. That's roughly 3 o'clock in the afternoon going back for those who might have any biblical history or knowledge what else happened at the ninth hour three o'clock in the afternoon on one good friday jesus proclaimed from the cross it is finished your sins are forgiven is the understanding and so luke the medical doctor the historical writer of this book gives us that understanding that on the ninth hour at the ninth hour same time jesus says it is finished peter and john go to the temple to pray now there were a number of different times that people would go there was a time for sacrifice and there were times for prayer and this was one of them at three in the afternoon and i love how that rolls together with this text here that jesus who proclaims freedom who proclaims liberty, who proclaims forgiveness of our sins from sin and Satan and the power of the devil, reminds us that we have independence. We have freedom. We have God's forgiveness. And Peter and John as they are walking to the temple at the ninth hour at three in the afternoon for prayer, we pick up at verse 2. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. Forty years old, the Bible tells us this man was. For 40 years, he'd been begging at the gate Beautiful. And for anyone who's ever been to Jerusalem or anyone who's ever looked at Jerusalem, uh, it, that beautiful gate is no longer there. It was destroyed um, back with the sacking of the temple in 70 AD. But the background behind it, it was a, uh, a double entrance door, double door, 75 feet tall, covered in not rich Corinthian leather, but rich Corinthian brass. And it was called beautiful. And it was outside the temple proper, and so beggars and people who needed assistance would sit there and be brought there. And this man had been lame for 40 years. Can you imagine begging for 40 years? Can you imagine the idea of relying on someone else's gifts and alms and blessings for 40 years? I know we take a look at homelessness, and we interact with charity on wheels, and that is something so key, but each one of us are beggars at the gate of beautiful. Each one of us come to God and say, God, I need you. I need you so much. Please heal me. Please bless me. Please give me your mercy and peace. Each one of us are like this beggar. But here, in this particular instance, he had been coming to the gate and relying on the grace of others. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John, Then Peter said, look at us. Look at us. Look, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. I don't know about you, but whenever I'm at the beach or in a a place where somebody is asking me for money or down at the circle, the plaza, or I'm walking around different places, there's times where I'm on a mission and I just forget to make contact, eye contact. Or I sometimes intentionally bypass them. And that's kind of human nature. We kind of walk by and don't pay attention when somebody is in need. But Peter and John, stop. They say, look at us. I see you. I see your needs. I see that you are a human. I see that you are a child of God, God's creation. Look. Look at us. I think nowadays, as we're looking at the world around us, with all the different protests that are going on with all the different injustices that uh uh, uh, uh claim our attention there's sometimes we just want to hide and not look and yet we've got the power of god the holy spirit who dwells in us says look look into the needs of those around you it might be looking into the needs of your home and saying, what do I as a follower of Christ need to do? Or what do I need to do on my campus or in my school or in my collegial workplace? What do I need to do in my community? Look, look with the eyes of God because God's the one who's driving you forward. God's the one who gives you the ability to be able to accomplish incredible things. Verse 6 then peter said silver and gold i do not have but what i do have i give you in the name of jesus christ of nazareth walk how many of you know what your name means anybody know what their name means have you ever looked it up adam what is yours uh man (laughs) man (laughs) or or red clay of red clay of red clay adam man man of red clay okay so the garden of eden must have been red clay man anybody else anybody want to share yes nicole victory of people excellent nicole means victory of people wow anybody else all right, seeing none, take a look at what your name means after the service. Don't Google it right now. Stay focused. But take a look at what your name means. Mine means spear of fame or famous warrior. That's when I looked it up, that's what my name means. Not pastor roger that's what that name means pastor is shepherd and that's one of the reasons why i always say please call me pastor because it reminds me that god has placed me in here to shepherd and to serve the people of salem in this community jesus christ of nazareth peter uses that term specifically because In Jesus time people were always making fun of him what good can come out of Nazareth what good can this man do and yet Peter waves it as a banner and says Jesus Christ and the power and presence of God is with us brothers and sisters I know that a number of us are going through difficult times medically financially spiritually emotionally relationally whatever it might be sometimes we say we have to rely on our own name and our own works and our own abilities but God reminds us when we wave the banner of Jesus Christ of Nazareth incredible amazing miraculous things happen Maybe not right away, maybe not the way we expect them, but our mindset change, our hearts change, our hands, our attitudes change when we look to God and say, all right, Lord, I don't understand, but I'm going to wave your banner. I'm going to pledge my allegiance to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Earlier, we pledged allegiance to the flag and our country and the freedoms and liberties that we hold so dear. But in our life, in addition to that here on earth, in our life for eternity, waving the banner of Jesus Christ of Nazareth and following him. We might not agree with everything he says. We might not agree with everything that's found in the Bible. But when we say we trust you and we pledge allegiance to you, that is who we will follow and we might be foolish in doing it but god reminds us that we might be foolish but in christ we are strong and courageous and wise in the name of jesus christ of nazareth walk taking him by the right hand he helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong Luke is a medical doctor and he uses this specifically. It's the only place in the Bible where this terminology is found. And the feet and the ankles, in the way it's said in Greek, reminds us that this was totally a miraculous transformation. It's as if the sockets were put back in place. His feet, his ankles were rejoined together, and after 40 years of begging, he was miraculously healed wasn't just like breaking an ankle, breaking a leg, getting that healed back together. It was out of whack. And Lisa, I know you're watching at home, God's blessings, as you heal from your fall. And anyone else, God will put you and mend you back together the way he wants to. But this idea of mending... Of putting back the pieces God does that for us we who are lame in life in our relationships and our spirituality and our emotional baggage God takes that and puts us back together according to his will he says walk and sure enough that's exactly what the lame man did how many of you like to walk all right. How many of you don't like to walk? All right. Excellent. Yesterday, there was a group of us that decided to go out for an early morning walk. How many of you have been up ever been up to Robber's Roost in Santiago Oaks Park? All right. I know a number of bike bicyclists have, and so we decided that we were going to walk up there to Robber's Roost. And sure enough, it was it was comfortable going up there temperature wise until we hit this long incline and it felt like 10 miles but it was only what about a mile up or so and sure enough we lost some of our group who didn't make it up but we made it up to robbers roost we made it up to the flag and then we decided to keep going and we kept walking and me of course who was so out of shape said oh yeah i can do this it'll be downhill from here And as we traversed shoots and mountain goat, as we walked back and saw Peter's Canyon in the backside of Villa Park Dam, as we waved to our Salem families on the backside of of the Villa Park Dam. And as we continued walking around, my knees started barking at me and they were in pain. And this morning when I woke up, I felt very lame in more ways than one but especially around my knees because they were out of whack out of shape they hadn't really been doing that kind of walking and I felt lame well this will hopefully heal but in our lives there are times when our bodies feel weak and out of shape or maybe our spiritual lives feel weak And out of shape. And God says, Come to me, all who are weary, all who are lame, and I will have you leap for joy. I will have you leap in the Lord. That's exactly what happens here. He jumped to his feet. The Greek says, He leaped to his feet. Brothers and sisters, this is a miraculous story, but it's one that's told over and over in the lives of each one of us. We might not have the physical lameness that this man had, but we are all wounded. We are all broken. We are all lame in some way. Physically, mentally, emotionally, probably not, but spiritually, we can feel lame at times. And God comes to us and says, I heal you. Look at me. I am your Lord and God and Savior. I heal you. And our response is to leap up in joy and say, yes, Lord. Thank you for the freedom that you give us through your grace, the independence that you give us of knowing you as our Lord and Savior, and the liberty that we have of following God, Jesus Christ, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Give me liberty or give me death is a revolutionary saying. But God says, I give you liberty and life in my name. Don't be lame. Let me say that again. Don't be lame. Leap in joy, knowing that the Lord, your God, loves you, heals you, saves you, and is with you always in his name amen brothers and sisters in christ i'm going to invite those who are assisting with communion to make their way forward and to glove up and today as we walk into this as we go from the message to receiving god's presence to heal us Physically and spiritually within us. Wafer, which is God's body. Wine, which is God's blood. Given to us and spoken to us through the word of God. We are lame spiritually, but God says you are healed spiritually and eternally. And we look forward to the feast that God gives to us here on earth together as the community of Christ, but also that coming day when we too will be in heaven in the Lord, and we will be healed of all of our afflictions. But until then, we gather together as the body of Christ, and we leap and praise God. We walk to His temple courts, and we gather together, leaping and walking and jumping and praising God. That's our response as God comes to us and says, You are healed. Let us continue to gather, together. Let us continue to walk together, arm in arm with our brothers and sisters in Christ, leaping for joy and for praising God. God be with you as you continue to walk in his name and in his presence. And today as we receive the body and blood of Christ, we will have our gloved, masked communion assistants walking around, and we're going to drop the wafer in your hand, so please hold that out clearly for us, a good target to aim at, and then we'll also distribute the wine cups as well, and if you want gluten or grape juice, please just, excuse me, gluten-free wafer or grape juice, please make that well-known uh, to the uh, communion distributors, and now as we go to God, um, let's say a, 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 a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly, most gracious Father, we thank you that you have abundantly blessed us. You have taken our broken bodies, minds, hearts, and souls, and you have said, "I have forgiven them all on the cross." When I said, "It is finished," and so Lord. Because of that, we can leap for joy and praise your name and gather together and be able to go out and heal the needs of those around us in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our communities and beyond. Allow us, Lord, to walk with your power and your presence as you lead us forward. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And Lord, we thank you for allowing Bob to to be with you in the Lord now. Be with Bob, friends, and his family as he celebrates eternal life. Lord, we also ask a blessing upon Lisa as she fell, and upon Paul as he cares for her. And Lord, there are many prayer requests that are upon our hearts and minds. We pray for Kayla, who just came through our prayer chain yesterday, and a number of others who are on our hearts and minds, those that are known to all of us and those that are known only in our hearts and minds. Lord, we lift them up to you, knowing that you heal the broken, and you affirm the afflicted, and you give grace to the graceless of all of us, and you bring us your peace. So watch over us and be with us, and lead us as you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Is going to be shared with you. And on the night when he was betrayed, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. And in the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Receive my blood, this new covenant, given for you and shed for you. And may the very body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen you and preserve you, keep you strong and steadfast, always and forever. Amen.